0: How to put on the headphones and see how it sounds.
1: Oh, that's great. <laughs>
0: Welcome to the November 23rd, 2021 edition of the Adventures in Odyssey ScoopCast, your source for the latest in Adventures in Odyssey reviews, always in podcast form, for those who don't have time to read. I'm your host, Michael LeFavor. Let's get started. On this edition of the ScoopCast, we bring a very, very sad piece of news that happened over the weekend. On Friday, November 19th, Will Ryan passed away at the age of 72. His death has sent shockwaves through the AIO fan community, and it's been very encouraging to see everyone's remarks about their memories of him and their condolences to his family and to the AIO team. We look forward to seeing him again in heaven when all is said and done. In the meantime, this edition of the Scoopcast is in memory of Will Ryan. On the agenda for today is a review of the next episode in Album 70. And in the meantime, since the last review, I have sat down and listened to the first 69 editions of the Scoopcast. I know. Why would I subject myself to this torture? Well, let's just say that I needed to do a bit of research, and a certain milestone is coming up. That's all I will say for now. But in the meantime, hold on to your hats, hold on to your seats, hold on to whatever you got around you to hold on to things, to what, whatever, and join us for our review of the fourth episode in album 70, The Protector. Full disclosure, I actually don't know what happens in this review because we haven't recorded yet, but we're about to. So let's find out. Let's go! Alrighty, this is episode 907, The Protector, fourth episode in album 70, Finding a Way. This was written and directed by Marshall Younger, sound designed by Jonathan Crowe, and music by Aaron Fullen. What'd you guys think? The music was
1: good. Yeah. At the beginning, especially. Like, it, I love how it sets the tone. I thought it was an
2: alright episode. Yeah. Same here. Ooh. I thought this was a really good episode. Like, this actually is my favorite episode of the album. Huh. Actually. Oh, wow. Ooh, yeah. Okay. But... The music is incredible. Yes. Like, we can start there. Like, I was, like, very impressed.
0: Yeah, Aaron Fullen came on the team, I think, with Always Home, and he did some nostalgic music for that, taking cues from recollections and stuff like that. I really like
2: his style. It's really different, and I'm here for it. He won my heart with his nostalgic music, and I'm just like, yes, this is it. Yeah. Anytime I I hear his name at the end of the episode, I'm like, yes, I knew I liked this music.
0: So that's interesting. (laughs) This is your favorite, and Ryan, you thought it was okay. I think I'm somewhere in the middle, so I want you guys to convince me on this. (laughs) (laughs) This episode centers on the Perkins family, which is an automatic win for me, but there are certain things things with the script and with the recording because this episode was recorded remotely where I'm not entirely sure if it stuck the landing. Oh, I didn't realize this was one of those. Yeah. But then again, there's a lot of stuff with Bridget. Again, favorite character mm. that I think is really, really good in some of the final yeah. scenes and her development. She continues to be a such a multifaceted character And so many ways that I relate to her thought process. It's bizarre. And I am. I love it so much. Mm. I, I like Bridget a lot, especially just kind of following her
1: story. I think that she's a very compelling character just in that there's a thing with characters. There are characters who have issues and they don't ever fix them or like the the audio drama kind of treats them like they don't need to change. And then there's episodes that treat the character like, yeah, obviously there's something here that's an issue and we're going to fix it. And then slowly over time, that character gets redeemed. And the latter is what I think Bridget is. The former is Wyatt. (laughs) And that's why this episode is okay for
0: me. (laughs) Really? So I was listening for his congenital lying as you, I think you phrased it. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> last time i don't know if that's how you yeah it, but... I, don't,
1: I don't know if i use that word but basically yeah <laughs>
0: <laughs> a character who lies as his character trait was that was that apparent in this
1: episode it was a bit more softened in this episode there's a couple times where like him saying that being around oil causes diabetes or another perfect example is <laughs> he when he helps the lady cross the street and then she's clearly <laughs> not interested in And then she walks away, and Bridget is like, okay, great. Look at what you did. And he's like, you can't deny my instinct or something like that. And it's like, no, you just got proven wrong. You don't have an instinct. It was just shown to be incorrect. He's a kid.
2: Exactly. (laughs) That was what I was going to say. He's a kid. What kid do
1: you know? What kid do you know who's like, I have a superpower. And then walks over uses it it doesn't do anything and is like i'm gonna
0: gaslight you i definitely still have a power (laughs) why definitely in this episode because coddie tells him (laughs) later on in the episode hey you're doing this and he's like oh yeah i was doing that and then turns around and uses it for good i totally understand where you're coming from and i think it's completely intentional where does he use it for good When Connie says you need to focus on what your family's needs are more than just being a superhero. And then Wyatt's walking with Bridget, sees her get splashed, and starts to use his protective instinct, regardless of whether it's there or not, to put the clues together and realize Bridget's afraid of water. And then take that to his mom and say, hey, I think we should do this for Bridget, and pretty much save Bridget in this episode.
2: Yeah, I feel like this is the genius of Wyatt. Like, he comes across as being, like, overly, like, knowledgeable about things that aren't even things and maybe he's one of those kids like i've worked with lots of kids that may aren't wyatt but are like wyatt and that they know all this information and they're pretty sure of themselves and all this and they blow up the facts because they're pretty sure that it's true but the reality is there's always a little bit of truth to their exaggerated facts yeah and they actually have something there like why it is is he he has a superpower in a sense it's just not actually a superpower it's just that he has some intuition to tell that things are wrong and when he's not trying to be crazy with it and help 48-year-old women across the street um <laughs> <laughs> Diane so good <laughs> yep it's frustr i mean honestly it's frustrating to work with kids that have this thing but it's so realistic too like i yeah another thing <laughs> is that Wyatt's 8 in that age, he yeah, he's he's probably he's eight, eight or nine. nine. Is he nine? He, uh, is that canon? Yeah, Connie Connie mentions his age in the episode. Oh, she does. Okay. Okay, that's a bit overdramatic, don't you think? You're nine years old.
1: I thought she said a ten year old.
2: Nine years old.
0: Either way, mm. I was around eight, nine, and ten year olds all summer long at summer camp.
2: <laughs> they do
0: not think logically.
2: No, they don't.
0: No, and that's why I love that Wyatt. This young kid is in here with Bridget. This mature, maybe not mature, but this emotionally complex teenager that I'm able to grasp on the Bridget and think that's fantastic what she's going through, and the the questions that yes. she's raising, and then look over here at Wyatt and think, oh, he's a, a funny little kid, and, and know that I'm not taking this dude seriously. He's a great foil for Bridget, and, and he is. Bridget. I was just gonna say that. When wh- when do you have this interaction? Not to diss you, Ryan, but I just love this episode.
1: I- <laughs> Okay, so maybe that's my problem is like I do take Wyatt more seriously because he hangs out with all the other kids in Odyssey. So I'm imagining a 12
0: or 14 year old. So we've got a couple different character arcs in here. We've got Wyatt, Bridget, and Carla. We've talked quite a bit about Mm. Wyatt. And kind of to wrap Wyatt's thing up, he's going through the aftermath of what happened in Jumping Off, Jumping In, which we said back in that episode is really cool how it ties into this episode. And I think the continuity really flows well there. I'm glad that... That little thing at the end that Timmy, you were frustrated that Bridget got back in the pool. Carla mm-hmm. is dealing yes. with
2: that exact thing here. I thought that was perfect. Like I was glad that she was frustrated about it because as mm-hmm. as you know, I I she should be frustrated about it. But I think that that's enough of being frustrated. You know, they, they handled it well. Yeah, she regretted it, but also there was reassurance because everything was fine. Everything did turn out okay as far as as, as far as that goes, and so. I, I really appreciate what they're doing, at that they're building the character of, of, of a parent because I feel like lots of Odyssey characters have... Parents are kind of just flat characters that don't actually grow so much. Connie's mom is an exception, um, mm-hmm. but I can't think of any other... Parent characters other than like Ava Parker learning to ride a bike that actually <laughs> that actually grew, have grown and and this character is really doing that so I think that's, that's important for kids to see that parents are humans that learn from mistakes and grow also.
0: Yeah, Rebecca Davis is her actress and she's doing a great job in portraying yes. the emotion of a mom who's unsure what to do about her daughter. Mm-hmm. I think it's so cool how Marshall Younger is kind of a mystery writer in this episode.
1: I remember when I was listening to this episode uh with hannah we were listening through it and there was a point i think it was when she refuses the water at wit's end a oh, um, good point yeah i picked up <laughs> I on the that. trend and i was like wait is she afraid of water and then you know a couple scenes more and then wyatt's saying you're afraid of water and i'm like yeah <laughs> i am a genius it's good writing
0: <laughs> back to what yes. we said in 2020 either you're a genius or marshall younger's a genius i think it's both yeah
1: <laughs> Exactly,
0: but there were a couple of things that I am a little bit fuzzy on. Do you guys want to go there, or I would
1: love to go fuzzy. Go so, for it.
0: so Connie <laughs> in this episode was Ooh. feeling felt a little bit felt a little bit scripted. I don't know why. Maybe yes. it's because
2: it was remote. Did you feel that way too, Timmy? I really did. That's like okay. the one part of the episode that I'd be like, uh, uh, "What happened to Connie?" Uh. Yeah, interesting. I, sure- <laughs> I think it was I actually
1: remote. loved Connie. Oh, yeah, really? That's strange. <laughs> <Okay>. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, I want to go here. Let's talk about
0: this. Okay, okay, let's do it. I I just had a a sort of sense that there was something between the chemistry between Wyatt and Connie in their first two scenes. Not really the last one. I thought the last one was fine. But the chemistry just wasn't there. There was something missing. Although she did have a really funny line where Wyatt leaves and they've had this whole weird misunderstanding <laughs> conversation where Wyatt's saying maybe I should go public about this or do it 24/7 and Connie thinks that he's talking about having a crush on her and then mm-hmm. Wyatt leaves and Connie's like
2: yeah just go contemplate the utter meaninglessness associated with being Connie's boyfriend. It's really funny.
0: <laughs> well, it's
1: so good. So it's even better cuz like the last yes. thing he says is like I'm going to fade like an ember into the darkness. <laughs> and and she and and she's comparing that to Mitch in her head and she's yes. like, wait, no, who have you been talking wait, to? <laughs> who have you been, who, yeah. no seriously, who have you been talking to?
2: It was a genius of a line. I feel like there was something awkward about that line. That's like the one line where I was like, one of the lines, one of the main lines in the script. And I was like, okay, what's wrong with, what's, something? something's different about it. Maybe it was just the way the line was written or maybe, maybe Katie Lee thrives in the group recording and not as much alone, so that way she can play off of the other... I don't mm. know what it is. It's just, I was like, mm, well, great
1: line, but uh, something something was a little bit off. It might just be that that was the day of the recording that it was just like... It was, a, it was a low energy recording, especially since she doesn't do much um, until the uh the backpack goes off there's not yeah. much energy or anything so it's just kind of oh yeah just a normal day at wit's end no talking to wit no talking to Eugene just talking to a kid yeah. yeah and and that's why like in my mind it didn't feel weird it felt kind of like it's Connie relating to a kid without being upset like usually when it's just Connie and a kid it's Connie like oh these tables oh, the- oh I'm such <laughs> I'm so flustered kid because I'm busy <laughs> And I liked the change of pace of her just, yeah, this is just a normal afternoon. I'm not crazy. It's true. I'm not not going going crazy. She's come a long way (laughs) from fences
0: and totally turning on Charles Edward Thompson, but you know. Right.
2: (laughs) I'll just sit here quivering in the corner. (laughs) Poor guy. If we're talking about actors, and we can go back to the fuzzy stuff later, but just to put in this thing, I'm pretty sure that Keely Marshall would get my award for best actress of the album in this episode. Oh, yeah. I think I voted for her in the, the... whatever those awards are called. The um, Avery awards. awards. We can maybe come back to this if we want, but the scene, the ending scene between Bridget and her mom was so perfectly acted out and scripted. Yes. I was listening to it. I just listened to it again right before here. And it's like the most natural conversation. You don't actually think of them as acting And it's perfect for radio. Like oftentimes on radio, they have to say, oh, I'm walking over to the sink. But this, it was just like this perfect, like, you know, what's happening. The mom's talking to the daughter as she's washing her hair and it just makes perfect sense. How does that feel, sweetie? It feels, uh, it feels good, mom. Yeah, this does feel really good. I just thought the acting for both of them uh, was like spot
0: on Mm -hmm. i listened really closely to the sound design of the water in the sink and then carla putting the shampoo in bridget's hair and you can hear every little beat of Mm. the sound effects and the music going along with bridget's response and carla's response to all this marshall younger said this is his favorite end scene of a perkins episode and i agree with him it's so, really good so good. I
2: think he said this is his favorite final scene of an episode he's written. Oh, any episode? I thought so. I could be wrong. Okay. Well, that's that's great then. But this yeah. brings up, I think what, what would have been
0: much better is to actually have a scene of Wyatt and Carla going into the hair salon and canceling the appointment. That way we can have Wyatt saying, but mom, didn't you want to do this with Bridget? And for Carla to say, maybe get emotional here and to talk about mm. how she still thinks that she's losing her daughter and make that more of an emotional push in the episode, because I feel like
2: the last couple scenes dragged a little bit. Yeah. The other pacing thing was that last one with the air horn and the dumpster <laughs> um, was like right before the super touching epi- scene. So it, it kind of right. was like slowing and then fast upbeat thing and then slow again. It, it, it works. That's how life is. Right. But you know,
0: <laughs>
1: yeah, I don't know if it could be different with the story being exactly the same. Cause I think there are other things you could have put in there instead of a bear that, why it has to protect for um something that doesn't end in such a display like the <laughs> um the bear thing at the end with the dumpster and everything where no, that was good I where like that, where it's, it's, but anyway you you get like like it was a fun a scene. I just don't know whether it necessarily fits the pacing of the rest of the stuff.
2: the episode has to do that because you have these big age gaps between the two of them that are working together. So for the nine-year-old kid, he has to have this crazy superhero, like, bear thing with air horns and all that. And then Bridget has to have this emotional, like, slow, like, what am I going to do thing. And I think merging the two together, there's bound to be some awkward pacing. But I think Mm -hmm. merging these two together, it works. Yep. Even though it seems like some of the
0: plot elements were a bit clunky. This is a good story. Mm-hmm. It specifically furthers the mm-hmm. development of these three characters who we've been tracking over this arc and um, and Ron to a certain extent. And, and I like that mm-hmm. these specific episodes that he's writing and that a lot of Odyssey's writers do this with their characters that – we can't see this development happening with anyone else. It's got to be for these characters. And it's not just a
2: cookie cutter episode. So the moral of the story at the end, Chris uses this, this idea, which I think is a really cool using your gifts properly is a really cool idea. But as I was listening to it, I think one thing that I thought that they kind of hinted at that like, I would have brought out even more is this idea that, um, of like everyday heroes, like why it's trying to use a superhero oh, yeah. power to do something crazy and big, like but what he ends up doing is he does something really small that makes a big difference. And I mean, Odyssey has played mm. with this thing like in the, the thing with Trent and wants to do something big, but he ends up setting up chairs, you know, that sort of thing. Yeah. But I think this was a bit more powerful. That it's just the, the idea of everyday heroes and his superpower is not something crazy, but it's really thinking about how people are feeling on the inside that I feel like is a, a superpower that we don't see much of today because we look at people's outward stuff and assume, but if we really knew what was going on inside their head, we'd understand what was going on. Yeah. And so I just thought that was really, a really cool concept that they baked into this, this show that was caught my my attention and and yeah, yeah, liked it a lot. A good episode, making you think, making you think. How do you apply this to your own life? And yes, maybe we'll see
0: more from this from Wyatt in the future, and that'd be really cool. I'm down for that. Yeah. Alrighty, shall we go into ratings? Sure. Is this a thing we should invest in? Started going into? <laughs> I don't know why I phrased it that way. <laughs> I don't know. Maybe we should start
2: investing in chairs.
1: Maybe we should invest <laughs> because... in chairs. Yeah, like he invested in chairs. <laughs> what but they... what about powdered meat?
0: All right. Who wants to go first? Should, should I go first or do you guys want to go? You can go. All right. Uh, I was thinking throughout this review, do I stick with the rating I chose beforehand or do I change it? I
2: think. I think I'm going to change it. I'm going to give this eight chairs out of 10 i really like this episode and like i said it was my favorite episode of the album so i'm going to give this one 10 out of 10 Woo! scoops of black Ooh. walnut ice cream
0: nice oh that was something we we glossed over she totally rejects a milkshake or anything and says like yeah i'll, I'll get some ice cream I'm like why bridget no stop that <laughs> yeah i'm gonna give it like a
1: 7.6 out of 10 um, foghorns Nice. Ooh.
0: You know, just saying after listening to all the previous episodes of the Scoopcast, we are way, way more generous than you and Kevin McCreary
2: and Garrett uh. were in the
0: old days. <laughs> maybe the episodes have just gotten better.
1: <laughs>
2: Ooh, maybe. Yeah, I keep thinking that. <laughs> no, they have. <laughs> they have, especially next time.
0: <laughs> oh, there we go. A bit of controversy on today's episode of the Scoopcast, but you know, I always like that. It's great to have different opinions, and Ryan is always fantastic to talk to. I mean, and, and to me, too, but, you know. But that's it for the Scoopcast this time. If you'd like to check out the website that hosts this podcast, you can go to odysseyscoop.com. Jacob and I have been writing blog posts over the past couple weeks, and I think they've been turning out pretty well, honestly. While you're there, you can go check out our message boards at odysseyscoop.com slash forum. That's for the Soda Shop message boards if you want to talk to any other Odyssey fan about anything related to Odyssey, or not related to Odyssey, but I wouldn't really recommend that. If you're on Facebook, you can also like us on there at facebook.com slash Scoop. And to listen to this podcast in your web browser or to share with anyone who likes Odyssey podcasts or who just likes podcasts or doesn't like anything you want to introduce on a podcast because they're cool, you can go to odysseyscoopcast.com. That's it for the Scoopcast this time. I'm your host, Michael O'Favor, reminding you to never be without the Odyssey Scoop. Uh, Why am I such a fanboy for Bridget? Somebody stop me. Somebody help me. Uh, (laughs) (laughs) But there were... Snap out of it, Michael. All right.